Sunday evening and the, the House of Pain was doing what we like to do when it's beautiful weather. And let's go to the beach. And so we were at the beach with our family on a Sunday evening. And Steph and I were sitting in the beach chairs. And we were just kind of taking it all in. And, uh, man, it was amazing. Just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Aren't we blessed? Or should I say we are blessed, aren't we, to live here? I mean, hello. Paradise and the promised land intersect right here. And, uh, man, it was quiet. It was late August. We were sitting there, and the waves were coming in. And our kids, they'd gone out in the water, you know, and they're, hey, come back, come back too far, you know. And the sun's setting, and God once again displayed his glory in the heavens. Amazing, amazing view. My mind just went to yesterday. I was flying in um, from Tampa. I went Tampa to Charlotte to here. And uh, I, we got up 36,000 feet, and, and the sun was setting, and I got to watch, you know, I got to watch it at a whole nother level. Just beautiful and just reminded how awesome God really is. Uh, we read in, in the Bible, it says that the heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky shows his power, shows his creativity. We were at the beach and his creativity, his glory was just being displayed <laughs> like a, unbelievable. And Steph and I were talking because when you're a parent, right, when you got little kids, you're always busy. How many know what I'm talking about? You're constantly go, 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 go mode. And if you're not careful, you do this, right? So we're being intentional about staying on the same page and talking about our life. Because listen, if you're married and 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 I, I bet that's a lot of us here. Our schedules go like this, but you don't want to go like this. You want to go like this. So you want to stay on the same page. So we're talking, and the kids had come back in. And, and uh, you know, my kids, I don't, I don't know about your kids, but my kids love to dig a hole about two and a half feet deep in the sand. And then they love to sit in the hole. And they'll put their arms on it, and they'll go like, ah. You know, like it's a jacuzzi or something. And uh, so Riley, in particular, Riley was working so hard. She was digging this hole and kind of, kind of, kind of her sandcastle. And she's, she's building this thing. She got this hole going and she's building up these walls. And, and, and it was a problem. There was a major problem. The problem was she was building on top of sand. The other problem was it was clo- too close to the water. So she was building, she was working really, really hard. Riley's in here this morning and doing an amazing job all by herself. And she was like, Daddy, Daddy, come, come help me. Daddy, Daddy, come help me. But I was like really enjoying time with Steph. Like we're talking, we're catching up. So what'd you do last month? You know, I mean, we're getting on the same page. And, uh, and Daddy, Daddy, come help me, come help me. I'll, I'll be there in a minute, I'll be there in a minute. And Steph and I are talking. I'm kind of keeping an eye on the kids, but we're talking. And all of a sudden I hear this, ah! this blood-curdling scream, and, and daddy, and it scared me, and I jumped out of a beach chair, which, you know, that takes a lot of strength, I mean, you're sitting back like that, or jump, leap out like any parent would, I go running, and, and, and maybe you're like me, sometimes with kids, you know, um, they do something to scare us, and we're scared, 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 and then when we realize they're okay, we get Angry, angry, angry. Dang! <laughs> you know, that was almost about a fourth as loud as it was. And, and I jumped out on my beach chair and I ran over to her. And then I realized she just wanted my help. She was trying to get my attention. But the water was coming in. The water was coming in. It was coming in fast. And, and the water was destroying her handiwork. 
her creativity. It was destroying it. It was literally disintegrating right before her very eyes. And she had worked so hard. She was working hard. She's packed in that sand in. She got some water. But the water kept coming up, and, and it literally was just imploding, just falling apart, falling apart. You know, we're in this series, Mixology, and we're talking about um, creating the perfect mix for your life. And what, what we've been walking through together is that God uses five key ingredients in our life to help us grow and be more like him. Are you with me? The first one we took several weeks to talk about, and it was private disciplines. It was, you need to read the Bible. You ought to read the Bible. You need to pray. And we, we talked about how that spending time with God is really investing time with God. How many know that that's important? Turn to someone and say, that's important. And we didn't just tell you to do it. We put our money our money, where our mouth is, and we, we went out and we bought these, and, and it cost, cost great money, and, and we invested in three months' devotions for you guys, and so this is great, daily devotional, the word for you today, September, October, November, and this isn't like something from the 30s or the 80s, and you're like, you got to blow dust off it, this will speak to you today. Cool thing about God's word is God's word is always in style, never goes out of fashion, it's just always important. It's always relevant. And so if you didn't get one of these, you need to get one. Do we have these, Frankie, out today? Where are they at? They're out at the white tent. Is that right? I did not give that information last gathering. Um, they're out at the white tent. So see, we saved them all for you guys. We have a gathering before this one. They, they were, Where are they? Where are they? Um, so I, it's our gift to you. We want you to get it. And, and here's what we know. What we know is... If you want to know God, you need time with God. If I want to know my wife, I need time with her. We need time with us. And, and the cool thing about God is his name is Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Not God from us, not God far from us, not God against us. His name reveals his heart that he is a God who longs to be with you and with me. And so we're going through mixology, and we're talking about creating this perfect mix for your life. And the first key ingredient, I, I, I had the schedule all planned out, now to Christmas, and, and then the Lord messed everything up. God ever mess up your plans? He so messed up mine. I was so happy. I was like, whew, I'm here. Got to organize from here to Christmas. I knew exactly where I was going. That's great. It's great for me. It's great for our production. It's great for our creative team. It's just great. And then God's like, no, 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 no. Just, just marinate right there. But how many know when you marinate, it tastes a whole lot better. So that's why we downshifted and slowed down. And we began to spend a couple weeks and talking about spending time with God. And it's not just spent because what you spend is, might be wasted. But what you invest, you get a return. And so if you invest time with God, what I'm telling you today, if you're not tracking with me, is if you will invest time with God, you will get a return. And the return is G-O-D. You will get God. God says, if you seek me, you will find me. So God is saying, come. And God's not hiding behind the curtain. God's over here and he's like, I hope they don't find me. hope they don't find me. God's not doing that. He's not doing that. God has sought you and me our whole life. But God also loves it when we seek him. You know what I'm talking about. You come home, dad. It's been a long day. You come home. You've been on a trip. You've been out of town for a week or a month. Or two weeks, 
or six months, and you come home, and your kids and your wife, you don't want to just run to them. You kind of, they'll be like, oh, oh, cool, dad's back, yeah, what's up, great. No, 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 you want them to kind of make a move too, right? Like, like this prodigal son where the father initiated the running, and then here comes the son. Don't you know he started to? Are you with me? And so that's how God is, that, that God wants you. And we said, God wants me, and God wants me to, oh, you remember, good job, I knew you, so smart. God wants me, and God wants me to want him. And when I want him, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after God. They will be filled. You know, the greatest tragedy of life is living a life as a Jesus follower, empty. When you could have been filled. That's like you could have been rich. Like there, there was a inheritance to be passed on to you, but you just didn't want it. So you didn't receive it. See, I think in God's economy, we receive what we go after. And so I want you to hear me today. That first ingredient is huge. If you miss it, greatest thing I can do as a pastor is not create raving fans of Momentum Church. I love Momentum Church. I love my church. I hope you love your church. I love you. I'm glad that you're here. I, I want you to understand something. I stand humbled before you today that I get to be up here and do this. I know I don't deserve it. It's all God's grace. And I'm no better than anyone here. We say no perfect people allowed because your pastor's not perfect. And we say that you don't got to be like us to be loved by us. Because we're not going to love you just because you believe like we believe. We're going to love you because God loves you. And we love God, so when we love God, we love what God loves, and that's people. Because God loves people more than anything. And maybe you're hearing you think, oh, God didn't love me. God's angry at me. No, no, no. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Believe it or not, he's been pursuing you. And God will pursue us with these five key ingredients. And, and the first one is, man, if we'll invest the time to say, okay, God, you know, um, one of those private disciplines coming to church. Going to, going to church like going to the gym. You know you need to. You feel better when you do it, but once you stop, it is hard to get back in the habit, isn't it? Isn't that true? In fact, I'm for sure, in fact, if I want a preacher, I might miss church once or twice. Just schedule, just life, right? You with me? And yet that's a private discipline. And, And we know this. We know that what we do with consistency creates the outcome. So it's good to come to church, but can I, can I, today is just like, you know, last week was, was a message and I had so much fun doing that. And I love that. I love it. The doc, if you missed it, you need to go online and watch it. If you're watching online right now and you didn't watch it, you need to go back online. You need to watch it. It's on prayer. It will help you. I want these messages to be helpful. And sometimes you come to church and it's a message where you feel really good and you're like, oh, that was so encouraging. I love it. And then other times it's like you come to church and like today I'm going to challenge you. You're like, what was all wrong with him? What did he have for breakfast? What's wrong? No, 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 no. Just like Jesus. In fact, the scripture we're going to read in just a minute. When he got done teaching, they applauded him. But if you read, that's Matthew 7. But if you read Luke 4, in Luke 4, they not only, they didn't applaud him. They fought him. And they chased him up to a cliff. And their intention was to push him off to kill him. I love this. Don't miss this. Jesus goes Star Trek. Some of you don't even know what that is. Star Wars. All right, here we go. And Jesus, Jesus walks right through them. So they're, 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 they're going like this. And so they're pressing in, and Jesus is, and he's talking, and, he, and, and they're so upset about his message. Sometimes I'm going to bring a message, you're not going to agree with me. 
Some of you are going like, I think I'm there. <laughs> some of you are going to feel, you know, and, and sometimes, and our church is great about this. We don't have a lot of um, people like this, but sometimes I, I get a little pushback, get a little pushback about a message, and that's okay, because I'm not out to be a people pleaser. I'm out to be a Jesus pleaser. My security is in him. And so, and I say that with all humility, but I want you to understand something. Most of my life, I was a people pleaser. That's why I couldn't have started a church 10 years ago. <laughs> it would have killed me. I'd <laughs> be <been> like, <laughs> end of story, game over. But, but they're getting Jesus to the cliff, and Jesus is getting on the edge, and they're trying to kill him. They're so angry. They're hostile. And I get it, man. Sometimes I'm going to bring a message, and you're not going to like it, but that's okay. Because medicine might not taste good, but it is good. If I just eat chocolate my whole life, I get out of shape, overweight. Anyone tracking with me today? Turn to someone, look him in the eye and say, I love you. No, I'm just kidding. Turn to him and say, I'm tracking with him. Are you tracking with him today? Ask him. Come on. Come on, sir. I'm like, yeah, I see you, sir. Come on. Way to go, Greg. I see you, sir. Smart man. And he got a kiss. That's, how, that's what I'm talking about. And they're pressing in on Jesus, and Jesus is like, okay, I've done them, I've done the, I'm the God man, I'm 100% God, I'm 100% man, but, but now I, I'm not going to die, I could fly if I wanted to, I could fly, I could, I could stand in the air and be like, yeah, what about it now, boys? He could have done any of that, but he's like, now I'm just going to walk right through you, and Jesus, Luke 4, he just walks right through him, and then they're like, where'd Jesus go? And he's like, we'll see you guys, I'll have a good one. He goes right through him. That's who he is. He's God. He's man. He's the God man, the mediator between God and man. He's Jesus. And, and the second key ingredient I want you to get today is, is teaching, is that God uses teaching and preaching. God uses preaching. In fact, Romans says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you want your faith to grow, then you got to go to God's word. And you got to listen and not just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. That would be like enlisting, like you're like, oh, serious, I'm going to get jacked up. I'm going to get ripped. I'll go to the gym. I'm going to get a personal trainer. And then you go and the personal trainer's like, no, 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 you don't do it that way. You get your elbows in, put your wrists like this. And you're like, I'm going to do it my own way. You know, How many, you've seen people like that in the gym, right? Like they're doing this thing here and you're like, you're doing it the wrong way. You're killing me. You know, and they, they, they're trying to lift. 50 pounds more than they can, and they're swinging, and you're like, you're going to hurt your back, you know? That, sometimes that's how, that's how I do it. Do you do it like that? Like, sometimes, like, like we know, but we're like, I'm going I'm to do it my way. And God's like, no, 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 no. You want your faith to grow. Don't do it your way. Do it my way, because God's ways are above our ways. They are higher. They are better. God's perspective is different than your, your perspective and mine. When I was on the ground before I got... In the airplane, I looked up and there were clouds. There's a storm. You know it's bad. I mean, we, we, we were coming into Charlotte from Pensacola. I was on a little plane. There were like three of us. And, um, and, and we hit one of those, what is it? Uh, we hit the turbulence and then the air pocket. And we dropped, I'm sure, 5,000 feet. It felt like, you know. And so now, finished the trip there. I'm flying back. And like an hour, and a half, an hour, hour and a half before we load up, lady comes on, gate two. Charlotte, North Carolina, and she says, 
Just want you to know that the uh, pilot has informed me that no one will be able to use the restroom. So go ahead and use the restroom now. Turbulence is at an all-time high. You might die. Cry out to the Lord if you know. I mean, it's pretty much what it sounded like. And she kept going and going and going. And I went, people look at each other. And they're like, I'm going to go to the bathroom right now. I'm like, I'm like, you got an hour and a half, man. It's all good. You know, but it's just, hey, I want to come back on and just tell you that you, you, uh, turbulence is so high. We're not sure if, how good the plane's going to do, but we're going to be, you know, it was just going on and on. It's creating a little disturbance. Well, when we lean to our own understanding, that's what we do. We hit the turbulence of life, and then we're like, what do I do now? And God's word is a rock, and it's been there for a long time, and it ain't moved, and it's solid, and it's strong, and it's high. And when you get up on the rock that is higher than I, when I get up on the rock, all of a sudden, instead of looking up at the storm, now I've risen above the storm, and I can look down on the storm and say, it really ain't about the storm because I'm on the rock. I'm on the rock. Are you on the rock? Or are you getting rocked? Someone turn to someone and say, my God, he's preaching. I'm just kidding. But life comes at his heart, and we need the rock. So go to Matthew 7. Let's look at this Matthew 7. I'm going to read through the scripture. I'm going to read through the scripture here. If you've got your, your smartphones, you version, pull it up, your, your notebooks, your pads, whatever you got there. Go ahead and pull it up. If you've got the Bible, ink and paper, pull it up. If you don't have anything, we got you covered. It's on the screens. I want you to check out these powerful, powerful verses. These verses will change your life if you allow them to. But it's like medicine. You've got you to take it, and then you've got to swallow it. We got any people ready to take it today? Watch this. I love this. Knowing the correct. Someone say knowing. Someone say knowing. Okay. Someone say knowing. Knowing the correct password, I'm reading from the message, and it might be a little bit different than your translation. The message is a paraphrase, but this is, is powerful, and it paints, it, it paints the picture. you you, you got to see this. Knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. Now, this is Jesus speaking. He's speaking to a big crowd, no microphone. People are leaning in, and they're listening to him, and Jesus is teaching and he says, what is required is serious obedience. Someone say obedience. Someone say knowing isn't enough. Someone say knowing isn't enough. He says, what is required is serious obedience. It's kind of like you get that personal trainer, and the personal trainer says, listen, the problem isn't that you're not coming to the gym three, four days a week. The problem is, is your discipline." The problem is, is a lack of nutrition in your diet. The problem is you eating a Twinkie every other half an hour. Like, you can go to the gym all you want. Like, you got to have some discipline here. Help me out. And Jesus says what's required is serious obedience, doing what my Father wills. God wants you to do what he has planned for you to do. You will be, listen to me, you will be the person God created you to be when you surrender to God and say, God, I surrender my life. I want to do what you want me to do. God has a will for you to do. God has, listen, God has a purpose for you. Did you know that? You're not a blob. And whether you believe with me, agree with me or not, that's okay. Everything we see didn't come from a speck of dust that we don't know where the speck came from. But then there are monkeys and oh my gosh, look at the sunset. Isn't that awesome? I wish my bank account did that. 
I wish there was nothing there. And then all of a sudden some dust came, and I don't know where the dust came, but I'm just thankful because a big bang, boom. And then all of a sudden I had millions of dollars in the bank. I wish it was that good, but it too good to be true. There is a creator, and that creator is a sustainer, and that sustainer died for you to be your redeemer, to get you back from the grips of the enemy. And so he has a purpose for your life, but Satan's got a purpose for you too. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he had his plans for you. But the Lord says, but I know, Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, but I know the plans I have for you. And they're plans to give you hope in a future. Anyone in here need hope today? Raise your hand. You need hope? Anyone wish your future would be great? Anyone want a great? God says, listen, listen, listen. I know the plans I have for you. God knows the plans he has for you. Satan's got plans too. And, and I bet that those plans probably are going to depend on who we listen to. Who we listen to. So God says what's required is serious obedience, doing what my father wills. God has a destiny for your life. He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. And that purpose is not to, to just survive. I'm just trying to survive. God wants you to thrive. I can see now, this is Jesus speaking, I see now at the final judgment, thousands, and they're strutting, they got that swag, and they're strutting up to me, and they're saying, Master, Master, we preach the message. We bash the demons, our God-sponsored projects, and everybody talking. They're full of themselves. And do you know what I'm going to say? This is Jesus speaking. Do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make you important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. In other words, God's word is not a suggestion. God's word is not like, you know, it's not like a buffet. That's a problem. People think God's word's a buffet, and they come to it, and they're like, I don't like that. I'm not going to take that. I don't like that. I'm not going to take that. And they just go to the dessert section. I just need encouragement. Just give me encouragement. Give me encouragement. But if you're not careful, uh, you might be ignoring or refusing the very thing that would really encourage you because it would change your life if you stopped stiff-arming it and accepted the truth. Some of you are like, now I'm angry. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements, suggestions to your standard of living. They are foundational words. When you come to momentum, listen, greatest thing I can do is not, not try to create raving fans of momentum, man. We, we do everything we can to strive for excellence and to really genuinely love people and to serve people. Pastor Jim spent hours on top of hours on top of hours at a hospital with our friend Peter who's struggling with this for his life. Peter goes to the gym on Wednesday. He was here, I believe, last Sunday. Been coming for a year. And he goes to the gym and he lifts the weights and he's getting strong and he works out and he's huge. And then all of a sudden everything changes. And he loses vision, drives himself home, tries to get a shower, loses vision again, makes it to the hospital and doesn't have the strength. He's slinging dumbbells one hour and an hour later he can't even open his car door. Life is short. God's words are not suggestions. God's words are powerful. 
Some of you, I love you with all my heart. And I'm so thankful that you're here. Listen to me, though. Some of you are in the danger zone. And God's speaking to you. And so when you come, you've got to realize God's word. These are foundational words. This, this just isn't like, okay, I'm at a buffet. I like that. I don't like that. I don't believe in that. I don't care. I don't believe in that. No, no, no. We don't get to pick and choose. God is true. Men are liars. God promised before the world began, he would never lie. God has no integrity gaps. That's good preaching right there. The Holy Spirit just gave that to me. I don't even have that in the notes. He has no integrity gaps. You and I do. Don't you get frustrated when you bump into people's integrity gaps? It fires me up. But then we have them. We're like, please forgive me. Uh-huh. But God doesn't lie. And God, God doesn't deceive. God didn't come back to say, sorry, I wasn't forthright. Sorry, I didn't tell you the whole story. No, no, no. God is true. And his words are foundational words. Look at the screens. To build a life on. And, and I'm... I'm urging you today and i'm pleading with you today stop going your own way you will ruin your life but you're like my life is good right now my life is good right now but you don't know what's on the other side and god is speaking to you there are high schoolers in here today you may be one bad decision he's telling you if you love me if you love me you'll have sex with me he doesn't love you he lusts you he didn't care about your heart He didn't care about that. That's why for some of you, 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 you feel like, man, part of me is missing. Because God says, God says, listen, sex is for the marriage bed. And God had created it. He's all about it. He designed it. Pretty cool God, just saying. That's the kind of God I want to follow. You laugh, but you know. And God, God's like, listen, listen, this is phenomenal. And it's awesome, but it's holy. And don't do it. Unless you're married. And if you're married, don't do it with other people. Married or unmarried. Because it will mess your life up. But being a pastor. Thank you. Thank you. See? That's this, you know. Being a pastor, I talk to people. And they're like, my life's so horrible. I'm like, tell me what's going on. How can I help you? And they're like, I just, I'm just broken. And person after person, they keep hurting me. And, and, and then you, you get into the details and you find out that they know better. They're just not doing it. Say knowing's not enough. Say knowing's not enough. Knowing's not enough. It's not. It's not enough. You can know, but to know and not to do is really not to know. Who said it? To know and not to do is really not to know. In fact, in James 4, 17, James, the half-brother of Jesus, said, man, it is sin. Those that know what to do, they, they know this is the right thing to do, and they don't do it, it's sin. If I know what to do and I don't do it, it's sin. Sin separates me from God. If I'm a Christian, it doesn't mean I'm not going to go to heaven. It means when I pray, God doesn't hear me because sin is hovering, and my prayers keep hitting the wall, or the ceiling, rather. They keep hitting the ceiling, and God says, confess and get right. Then let's talk about this. We talked about that in the series. That, that confession is like taking a shower. And it's great if you do it daily. Right? And, and so th- these are foundational words to build your life on. May, maybe you're a college student and you're here. And, and, and you're just going to give up. You're just going to quit it. And your whole life is hanging in the balance. I watch these college football players. They got life by the horns. They're going to go NFL. 
There are millions of dollars coming their way. Their family pours all get out. A million dollars. And then they go and they do drugs. And they ruin the whole thing. See, God's word will protect you. They're foundational words. Words to build a life on. Listen, if you work these words into your life, if you massage them into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Rain poured down. The river flooded. A tornado hit, but nothing moved the house. It was fixed to the rock. If you don't know, Jesus is the rock. And when I fix my life to Jesus, it doesn't matter what comes my way. It doesn't matter. I can have peace in the middle of the storm because he's not only my rock. He's not only my shelter. He's not only my refuge. He's not only my shield. He is my anchor. And even though the storm may come and the winds may blow, I am okay. Because I'm attached to the rock that is higher than myself. We rest in him. Steph, we were reading in Proverbs, reading about four different animals that God says, man, these are amazing little creatures. And one of them, is it a badger? Is that right? Is a badger. And the badger, they, they live on the rock. They have suction cups on their hands and feet. They rest 16 to 20 hours a day. They rest on the rock. Woo! If you didn't get it, just raise your hand. I'll explain it to you. They rest on the rock. They spend most of their time resting on the rock. And they got something that they just would be attached to the rock. They live in the rocks. And God says, you can live. You can trust. You can come. Rain poured down. Nothing messed with it. Look at this next verse. But if you just use my words in Bible studies... You just use my words in Bible studies and you don't work them into your life. You are like a stupid carpenter. Now, we don't say stupid at, at our house. So I said last gathering, if our kids were in here, they said, Dad, you're not supposed to say stupid. Uh, this says you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed. Someone say collapsed. Like a house of cards. When Jesus concluded his address, the... The crowd burst into applause. They had never heard teaching like this. And it was apparent that he was living everything he was teaching. Everything he was saying. It was congruent. In other words, he was preaching a message, not just with his mouth, but with his life. Do you know you're a preacher? Is that not a preacher? No, you're a preacher. Say, so, well, I don't even believe in God. Why are you telling me I'm a preacher? You're preaching something with your life. Your life is the greatest message you'll ever preach. People are watching, they're listening, they're looking. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying, quite a contrast to their religion teachers. And this was the best teaching they had ever heard. Jesus says, my words, my words. Someone say knowing's not enough. Number two, hearing's not enough. It's not enough just to hear. You can hear, it can come in one ear and out the other just to hear. Just to hear, it's, it's, it's not enough. Knowing's not enough. Hearing's not enough. Attending church. Let's go there for a second. Attending church. God is, uh, God, is not, God is not impressed when I come to church. Any more than grandma is impressed when I go to her house. Is she thankful? Yeah. 
Is she excited? Yes. Is God excited when you are faithful and you come to the house? Absolutely. But I don't go to church to impress God. I don't check into church to impress God. I come to, I come to the house because this is the time on Sundays where we get to come together and corporately together we get to sing God's songs. And we get to, we get to get together and say, God, we're here for you today. And this is an overflow of our heart. And it's not church is just on Sunday. And we check in, then we check out. I check in. Okay, I'm in church. Okay, come on, man. Come on. You see what time it is? It's 1126. Come on, finish up. And we check in and we check out. I got stuff to do. Your stuff is important. But I'm telling you, David said, better is one day in your house. And I'm so proud of you for being faithful. Speaking of check-in, would you take your phones out real quick right now? Would you take your phones out? Go to Facebook. I know you got that app on there. Go to Facebook. Would you do that? We're going to donate today a dollar for every person right now. We're going to donate a dollar to God Behind Bars. So we're going to donate. and You're not going to donate. The church is going to donate. You can donate too, man. $50,000 left and we'll reach our goal. But the church is going to donate a dollar for every one of you right now that check-in. Check in on Facebook. Would you check in? You're here at Momentum Church. Maybe you want to tag someone that you've been praying for. You've been inviting. You've been trying to get them to come. Maybe you want to tag five people. I don't know. But would you check in? We're going to donate a dollar. We're going to come back next week above $27,000. Isn't that awesome? That's great. So knowing isn't enough. Attending isn't enough. In, in American society, listen, American society, it's like church is an option. But do you realize, listen, 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 do you realize in the world right now that they're over in Egypt? There are thousands of people that go to church because they're hungry and desperate for God. They need him because that's all they have. And, And I'm not downing America. I love America. My heart is for America. But I want to tell you something. That is a dangerous place to be in Momentum Church is to think we don't need God. And God's an option. God's not a option. He is the option. And if you're 7, 17, or 70, the greatest thing you can do is obey. Obey Him. Obeying is enough. Obeying makes a difference. There are people here today, your life is hanging by a thread. And addiction rules you. And pride rules you. And your attitude rules you. And your negativity rules you. And, and going to church is like a fix. And you're like, man, I hope Pastor Tim's on today. I hope this is good today. I hope he just encouraged me because I'm just trying to hang on. But you wouldn't be so weak if you didn't ignore his word. If you didn't ignore prayer. The greatest opportunity man has is to connect with God. I mean, God was wireless before anyone ever came up with the word. I'm just saying, Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me, I will answer you, and I'll show you great mighty things you ain't got a clue about. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me, I'll answer you, I'll pick up, and I can hit decline. So I want to I land the plane right here, and I want to say this, I, I want to say that, that knowing isn't enough, and even believing, because I believe stuff is... I believe this and that doesn't mean I do it. 
But it's not enough. It's, it's obeying. God, I don't want you to just come and check in on Sunday morning and then leave. And it's like, okay, I got my church thing on. I got my church on. I got my praise on. That's a Sunday. But this is what Monday looks like. This is what Tuesday looks like. This is what Wednesday looks like. This is what Thursday looks like. This is what Friday looks like. This is what Saturday night looks like. And in church. I'm in church. I'm checked in. All right, God. I mean, come on now. I, I know I did, but I'm confessing. I'm confessing. Uh-uh. You're not taking God serious. When you take him serious, it's, I got God on Sunday, the first day of the week. That's why we have church on the first day of the week. We're giving God the first, the principle of the first, principle of the first fruits. I give God the first, and I give my best. That's why the church started meeting on Sunday morning, because I give God my first. I give him first. I trust him to bless the rest. So I come to church on Sunday, and I get filled up with God. But then Pastor Tim isn't at home Monday morning with me, but that's all right, because Pastor Tim didn't die on the cross and shed his own very blood for me. He didn't call me out. He didn't forgive me. He didn't redeem me. He didn't love me. He didn't do that. Jesus did. So I'm going to walk with Jesus on Monday. Then I'm going to walk with Jesus on Tuesday. Then I'm going to get filled up with God on Wednesday. And then I'm going to make sure I continue to pray on Thursday. And I'm going to keep walking with him on Friday and Saturday and Saturday night is all right because I'm not drunk. I'm controlled by the Spirit of God. See, if you live God's way, you don't have to be in fear. You're going to get pulled over for drunk driving because you're going to do what's right. If you live God's way, you don't got to worry about having a broken heart. And, and, and Michael W. Smith, old school, I'm just looking for myself. I'm trying to find myself, my place in this world, and I don't know where I fit. No, no you know where you fit because you're a child of Almighty God, and you spoke with him this morning. You don't have to just keep going through life and wave after wave and adversity is killing you. Listen, Jesus is above your storm. He's above it. He is over it, and he has all authority. Well, I got cancer. He has all authority. I have leukemia. He has all authority. Listen, leukemia is nothing for Jesus. Pete had a good night last night. He had a good night last night. We've been praying and begging, but I'm... T- I'm going to walk. Can I do that real quick? Are you with me today? Listen to me. Are you with me today? You don't have to go through life and let life kick your tail. You can go to God in prayer. You can come to church and hear biblical teaching. You can read it for yourself, and you can get stronger. And you don't have to let the enemy kick your tail. How about kicking his tail? I spoke to Satan this morning. And I said, Satan, hear me clearly. My father is the maker of heaven and earth. You are under my feet because today and the rest of my days, I'm believing God. And because I believe, I'm going to obey every single day. I'm going to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. I'm going to walk with God and not my flesh. And when I mess up, I'm going to fess up. And I'm going to be a warrior for God. Sin doesn't have to reign anymore in your life. It doesn't. You don't have to be a victim of the devil. You can fight back. God wants you to grow up. God wants me to grow up. Milk is good. Milk's for babies. Just milk. I love milk. Chocolate milk. Promised land milk. They sell it at Publix. I'm just telling you. 
My birthday's in December, promised land. That's where I'm But I like steak. Make no exceptions. I like steak. I got weaned off milk 38 years ago. I've been enjoying steak for quite a while. If you're a Christian, God's got more than just milk. God invites you to his table to come and dine. And he's got an incredible steak. It's the best meal of your life. But you got to take his word seriously. We got to get out of the mindset that we just come to church. And then church is like this day. It's like church is over here and then the rest of my life. No, 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 no. God is my life. In fact, God is life. In fact, God is the only life. People without God don't have life. You don't believe it? Wait till the end of the age. And watch what happens to people that don't have him. They have death. Jesus is life. I'm begging you today. I've done everything I can to try to awaken you, to heighten you, to call you, to urge you, to beg you to plead with you to surrender your life to Jesus I'm not just talking about salvation I'm talking to Christians here today you're doing your own thing you're going to leave her why? because you're bored with her but scripture never said leave her when you get bored with her scripture said to love her and serve her as Jesus loved and served the bride of Christ his church you need to get out of the chat room and get in the prayer room God's got so much more for you. You know what drives me? What drives me is when I hear about men and women that God used. And God didn't use them because they, they were anything but usable. He didn't use them because they were holier than the house. He didn't use them because they were untouchable. He didn't use them because they never sinned. They just surrendered to him. The Spirit of God is looking for humble people today who he can fill thrill the world with when I look at people men and women that God used mightily it, it resonates in my spirit that God can use even me I try to start my mornings telling God how small I am and how huge he is I try to tell him I'm dependent on you God I surrender to your will Memorize this prayer. It's a great little prayer. I surrender to your will. I am dependent on your provision. You got a big business decision to make? Lord, I surrender to your will. I'm dependent on your provision. You have financial distress in your life? Lord, I surrender to your will. I'm dependent on your provision. You have children acting a fool? Lord, I surrender to your will. I'm dependent on your provision. Your husband, your wife said they're going to leave you. They're filing for divorce. Lord, I surrender to your will. I'm dependent on your provision. Satan's been doing everything he can to get you down and keep you down and discourage you and bury you. Lord, I surrender to your will. I'm dependent on your provision. You struggle with anxiety and depression. You have depression so bad, you're on medications, plural. Been there before, by the way. I have. Lord, I surrender to your will. I'm dependent on your 
provision. You got cancer today. You got leukemia today. Your marriage is miserable today. Lord, I surrender to your will. I'm dependent on your provision. You need a miracle today. Lord, I surrender to your will. I'm dependent on your provision. I want to do something we haven't done in a long time, and I just feel it in my spirit, and I followed it last gathering, and God moved. And I'm not going to make it easy. I'm not going to have you stand. I'm not going to have you close your eyes. I just believe we're bigger than that. I believe when God says those who seek me will find me, I believe that there's some real seekers in the house today. So here's what I'd like to do for a few moments. I want to talk to the Christians because Nineveh would have never got right unless Jonah got right. In other words, the spiritual temperature of Momentum Church will never be hotter than the temperature of the leaders of Momentum Church. This community will never be hotter, spiritually speaking, than God's churches. And we're not God's only church. We're little, little C. God's big capital C. I want to call some Christians. You've been living life your own way. You really, you ain't been keeping the faith. You've been, <laughs> you've been resisting the faith. And you know, you know, I don't know, but you know. And the Spirit of God is going to come in and talk to you. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you're an honest person because we've all done that really recently, right? We've all ignored God's promptings. We've all muted the Holy Spirit. We've all looked away. I want to ask God's people to come pray. I know we had prayer earlier. I'm thankful for the few people came forward. I just think God's got more than that to do today. And so I want to call on God's people right now for a few moments as we get ready to close today. That you got to take God's word seriously. This is a new day for you. This is a defining moment for you. And after today, you're never going to be the same. Never going to be the same. And I want to ask you right now, everyone's looking. Y'all been looking at me the whole time. It's okay. I want to ask you right now, get up out of your seats. You know who I'm talking to. God is talking to your heart. This doesn't mean like you're a horrible person, but it means you're in a place right now where you need to say, God, I need to surrender afresh and anew. Maybe you need to say, God, I need to renew my dedication to you. God, I got a little distracted. God, I I need to make a U-turn, God. God, I need to seek you. I need to stop resisting you. God, I need to stop doing things my way. God, this decision in my life, you know, God, I've been doing it my, I've been leaning on my own understanding, God. Right now, the Spirit of God is moving. The Spirit of God is drawing you. Listen, listen, listen. Yes, God. Pride will prevent you from prayer. But humility precedes prayer. I'm never, you're never more like Satan than when we're full of pride. Pride prevents us from prayer. Greatest thing you can do today, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, is talk to Jesus. David said, search me and try me and see, God. In other words, God, I think I'm right with you. But God, just check my life. Is there any dust? Is there any rust? Check me, God. Search me. What we need is a church full of Jesus followers who want to be clean, who want to be usable. God, raise up a generation of children and students and college students and men and women that will cry out to you, that will take spiritual showers, that will know what it is to cry and to weep, to seek a deep and true repentance before a holy God. 
There's more power available to you. You get it when you want it. You get it when you go after it. There are other people, you're in your seat right now. You need to come. You're sitting there, you're, you're stiffening your neck, you're hardening your heart, and you know God has told you to come. God's saying, come. There's no judgment wherever you are. End it right now. Come up and come. Come down front and pray. Let today be a new day for you. God's speaking to you, and you're sitting there. Your pride is holding you in. Flush it. Don't keep that stuff around. It's like a porta potty. Longer it stays, it stinks. Flush it. Come. Get on your knees. There are marriages. You're sitting there with your spouse. You guys hate each other, and you know it. You could kill each other if you get away with it. You're sitting there right now. Don't harden your heart. In Jesus' name, humble yourself. Maybe you're out there and you need financial provision. Maybe you're so discouraged. You love God. You live for God, but you are discouraged and you're just going to give up. Maybe, sir, maybe, ma'am, you're sitting out there and you think Satan's selling you the lie. Advertisement after advertisement, and, and you are hearing them, and you're just entertaining the thought. You ain't going to do it. You're just entertaining the thought. And the thought is, man, if you just ended your life, everyone else would be better off. That's called the spirit of suicide, and it's speaking lies to your mind. You, you ought to come pray. You ought to come ask Jesus to shut that crap off. Maybe you're sitting out there right now. You have a spirit of addiction on you. It could be people-pleasing, it could be food, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be lying, it could be whatever, lust. And it's holding you back. Whatever it is, holding you back. Arrest it and surrender to Jesus. And then if you're here today, and if Jesus isn't your Lord and Savior, listen to me. You're one breath away from eternity. Do you hear me? You are one breath away from eternity. And there will be good men and women, good parents, hard workers that will die and not go to heaven because Jesus is the way. He's the way back to God. Jesus is the truth, not a truth or one of the truths or one of many truths. They're all truths. Hogwash. He is the truth and he is the life. And I'm telling you today, sir, I'm telling you today, ma'am, today is your day of salvation. Satan has had you for too long. And all he's trying to do is end your life. He's trying to take you to death's door. Because there's no mulligans in hell. There's no do-overs. No, I'm sorry. You were right and I was wrong. Then it's too late. There were people, they refused God their whole life. And when they die, they'll get what they wanted. They'll get afterlife without him. You need Jesus. You don't need Jesus to be a better person. You don't need Jesus just to feel better about yourself. You don't need Jesus. You need Jesus because you are a dead person walking without him. And you need Jesus. If you're a Christian, you need Jesus. If you're not, you need Jesus. Call out to him, church. Go after him, church. He is an ever-present help in trouble. He is a rock that is higher than I if you gave your life to, if you're willing to give your life to Christ, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, whether you're down front or at your seat. I want you to pray right now. We're not playing games with God this morning. I know what time it is. We're not playing games with God. This defining moment for your life. If you do not know that Jesus is your personal, your own Lord and Savior, 
Today is your day, sir. Today is your day, ma'am. Call out to him right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You're not going through me. You're going through Jesus. He loves you. He died for you. He shed his very own blood for your sins. It's the only thing strong enough to get the stain of sin out of your life. So he knew that. So he paid that price, the highest price, his very own life, his very own blood, and he shed it, not grudgingly, freely for you and for me so that you and I could be made right with him. He who knew no sin became my sin so that we could become the sons and the daughters of God. If you need a Savior today, he is all here. If you reject him today and wake up without him tomorrow, your Savior will be your judge. You don't want that. Would you cry out to him right now? Dear God, right wherever you're at, church, let's pray it out loud right now together. Dear God, I'd admit my sin. I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. There's a gap between you and me. And I chose to do wrong. I've ignored you. I've disobeyed you. I've rebelled against you. And I ask for forgiveness today. Thank you for dying for me, for shedding your blood so I could be forgiven. Thank you for rising again Easter Sunday morning so I could have new life. I receive your life. I give you my life. Now teach me how to live. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room, if, that, if today you took that step and gave your life to Jesus, do not be afraid. Do not be ashamed. There is no fear or shame here. Listen, if you did that today on the count of three, I want you to hold your hand up. We want to get you a Next Steps Bible, a New Believer's Bible, and a Next Steps booklet to help you grow. We're going to clap. We're going to cheer. This is the reason we're here on the count of three. Hold it up high. Keep it up till you get the gift. One, two, give them courage, Spirit of God. Three, right now, would you hold your hand up? You're down front. You're in your seat. Hold it up. Hold your hand up, Tim. Today I gave my life to Jesus. This is what we're going to do. Listen. Right here. Look, look, look. Listen, church. This community needs Jesus. He is the only hope. Don't put your hope in a ball team. They might put you, they might let you down. You're hoping they go undefeated. They're two and three. Don't put your hope in the White House. He might not get elected. She might not get elected. Put your hope in God. I want to pray over everyone that came down here today. I want to pray over you. A quick prayer. And I want to challenge every one of you. I want to challenge every one of you to be a bringer. This morning I was getting in to come to church and the Lord reminded me I'd invited, I'd invited some of our neighbors. We have a couple neighbors in our our cul-de-sac coming, but there's another one I invited, but I told them I'd get them. I would get them one of the mixology coasters. And I got ready to come to church. The Spirit of God said, you're forgetting something, Tim. Go give it to them. And I couldn't find one. I always got them on me. I got them in my vehicle. got them on my desk. I couldn't find them. I said, Lord, help me find one. Help me find one. I'll give it to them. Guess, guess what I found real quick. I walked across the street. It was early in the morning. I knocked on their door. Didn't want to wake them up. I invited them. 
This church, Momentum Church, isn't for the elite. It's for the sinners. And I'm believing God for double growth. In order for that to happen, we've got to bring somebody. Eight out of ten people said, I would come if someone I know and love and trust would invite me. I want to challenge you to bring someone who needs him next week. And not just enough for me to come to the dinner table. This food's too good. I want you to be a bringer. I want that to be the culture of our church. That every week, you're like, God, who can I bring with me this week? Jesus, I pray for those who are down front today. God, who did business with you, who talked to you, who cried out to you, who surrendered to you. God, I pray for a fresh anointing upon their life. I pray that you would outpour your spirit upon them. I pray that as they walk back to their seats, that they would feel lighter. And I pray that their light would shine brighter in the name of Jesus till everyone is heard and everyone knows that you alone are God and beside you there is no other. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.